Hi, welcome to Tower Pod from St Mary's Marston Mortain in Lindington. A weekly gospel message with a thoughtful sermon. Enjoy. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he said, he asked of him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So I'm just going to do a little double act today with Becky. So Becky, would you like to just come up and share a few words with us about your role and Safeguarding Sunday? Safeguarding has always been an important part of my training and profession. And whilst working with closely with children, it has become really apparent that the impact of neglect, domestic abuse or drug use, and the impact it has had on their lives and the lives of their families. By supporting children and families, we can can make a real change to lives and futures of young people and vulnerable adults. I know many of you will have completed safeguarding training through the church and through your places of work, and it is an essential part of any role working with children and vulnerable adults. We want the safety and well-being of all of God's children. I took over as parish safeguarding officer from Michael Cleaver nearly six years ago, and the role has changed dramatically since. Safeguarding Sunday is an extremely important time to raise awareness of safeguarding for churches and as a start to National Safeguarding Adult Week. The Diocese of St Albans now has a large team of staff dedicated to safeguarding, And the Church of England is very aware that he's not always done the right thing with safeguarding in the past. Through recent diocese training I have completed, I have seen this change. Survivors of abuse are being supported and the the diocese continues to investigate historic and recent disclosures made. Safeguarding can be a very upsetting subject for people and it takes a great deal of courage for survivors and victims of abuse to share their story. As part of Safeguarding Sunday, the Church of England wants you to know that none of us are alone. God is here with us, and when and if we are ready, they are here to listen, and we are here to support you. You may know of someone who is a survivor of abuse, or someone who is currently a victim, someone in an abusive relationship, or facing financial, sexual, emotional, physical abuse. Even if you are not sure, I ask you today to please come and talk to me about it. We have seen on the news sometimes lots of people had lots of little snippets of knowledge, but it's only when a tragedy happened and all these pieces were put together that we saw what was really happening to the lives of children and vulnerable adults. During my time as parish safeguarding officer at St Mary's, people in the congregation have spoken to me and to the clergy at various times, and we have really supported people. Online, vulnerable adults have sent messages to our Facebook page and we have been able to work with social workers to ensure that we are safeguarding vulnerable adults that are reaching out to us. This is a really important part of our role. 
I'm so very thankful for our family here at St. Mary's and how we have shown time and time again that we love our neighbours as we do ourselves. Let's take this message forward with us this week and into the future so we can keep ourselves and others safe and share God's love with all those who we encounter. Thank you, Becky. So when I was thinking about what to say today on Safeguarding Sunday, uh, I was trying to think of something really actually practical that we can all do. Um, we're not all going to be faced with, with some of the things that Becky mentioned that you might typically associate with safeguarding, such as someone being abused, hearing someone tell you about historic abuse from their past, spiritual abuse, bullying, seeing someone shamed or humiliated. I remember that I was in a barber shop once and a little boy was there with his dad. And the barber said, his hair is very light and thin. And he said it in a sort of negative way. And I could see from the boy's reaction on his face that he, he was, um, you know, it upset him. And the dad said yes and agreed with the barber. And I, I know it's a small thing, but even so, from the boy's reaction, I could see that he felt humiliated and probably let down. His dad hadn't, you know, had the loyalty or spoken up for him. And I wondered if that's what he'd expected. And looking back on it, you might say he probably didn't feel defended or safeguarded, if you like. Our words can bless and encourage, and they can defend or they can leave a gap unprotected, or they can tear down. I remember once how I felt when my social work manager, who was called Mick, once spoke up for me in a meeting where a client was being very critical of my work. And he made it clear that she wasn't to badmouth me in that meeting. And he explained in a different way that she could understand how I'd been working. And I felt, you know, he'd been very loyal and supportive and I loved Mick for it. And so I'd like to suggest that we can all use our power of speech that we've been given by God to safeguard one another and our neighbours. In Ephesians chapter 4, St. Paul says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Now, in ancient Greece, Socrates had a great reputation for wisdom. And one day someone came to find the great philosopher and said to him, do you know what I just heard about your friend? A moment, replied Socrates, before you tell me, I would like to test you on the three sieves. The three sieves? Yes, continued Socrates. And he pulled out his Frost's garden centre bag and he pulled out a sieve. And he said, before telling anything about others, it's good to take the time to filter what you mean. I call it the test of the three sieves. The first sieve is the truth. Have you checked if what you're going to tell me is true? Well, no, I just heard it. Very good. So you don't know if it's true. 
We continue then, said Socrates, with the second sip, that of kindness. What you want to tell me about my friend, is it good? Oh no, uh, actually on the contrary. So, questioned Socrates, you want to tell me bad things about him and you're not even sure they're true. Maybe you could still pass the test of the third sieve. Socrates pulled out his third sieve, which he used for his tea. And he said, maybe you could pass the sieve of utility. Is it useful that I know what you're going to tell me about this friend? Well, no, not really, he said. So, concluded Socrates, what you were going to tell me is neither true, nor good, nor useful. Why then did you want to tell me this? And that was the end of that conversation. And Socrates put down his Frost's garden centre bag. Three tips. Tip one, a definition helps. So here's one to bear in mind, perhaps you might like. Gossip is when two or more people are talking about a problem without being part of the solution. Talking about a problem without being part of the solution. Tip two, ask yourself, is it my story to tell? And if it isn't, just tell yourself that. Just say, that's not my story to tell, and you can lay it aside. Tip three, talk to people, not about them. For example, someone might say to you, you know, I'm really frustrated with so-and-so, and I don't know what to do. So you could reply, well, have you talked to them about it? It's a different conversation, of course, if they've approached you to ask how they could approach the problem with that person. They're looking for your advice. In which case, you, you could do that, and, but make it clear that you don't need to hear all the juicy details. We should be able to say at our church and in our neighborhood, we talk to people, not about them. I'd like to finish then with three scriptures. Colossians 4. Let your speech always be with grace, as though seasoned with salt, so that you will know how you should respond to each person. Secondly, James chapter 3. This is a lovely test of discernment for any decision you want to make in life and for how to speak. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering and without hypocrisy. And then Proverbs 25, this is lovely. Like apples of gold in settings of silver is a word spoken in right circumstances. Amen. Thanks for listening to Tarpod. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like it, please subscribe and share with a friend. Have a good week and see you next time. God bless.